This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden and today I'm joined by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for The Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going well, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, quick question before we jump in. Do you find that you gesture with your hands while we're recording remotely or is that just me? I do a little bit, but not all that much. I But when we're in person, I definitely do it a lot. Yeah, I just noticed as I was doing the intro that I am I'm gesturing wildly as I talk <laughs> uh, into my microphone you know, miles away from you. So uh, just a little inside the podcast for you. I want everybody to know that we are still on our game and performing as much as we normally (laughs) would, even though we're recording remotely. So we have uh, some election stuff to get into today. It is Monday. Miles, I don't know if you knew this, but tomorrow is the big election. Was that on your radar? I almost spaced it, just really haven't paid much attention to it for the last few months. But yeah, thanks for the reminder. You're welcome. Uh, So tomorrow will be the election. We just wanted to do a quick rundown of what is on the ballot, uh, a brief recap of some of the races going on, uh, some information about the referendums, just so that uh, if if you're listening today on Monday, you know exactly what you're going to be looking at tomorrow when you go into the polls. Uh, If you've already voted, that's great. Uh, But if you're holding out till tomorrow, uh, I know, Miles, you are, I am as well, and you just wanted a little bit more information before you go in, this is the podcast for that. So uh, anything before we jump into how to vote, where to vote, all that kind of stuff? Well, yeah, one, you mentioned that uh, a lot of people have already voted. And in fact, across Wisconsin, more than 50% of people have already voted as, as compared to the 2016 totals. So in fact, I think it's significantly over 50% now, and I think it's definitely over 50% in uh, some parts of Door County, if not all of Door County. So a lot of people already have their their ballots turned in, but that also means that a lot of people have not. So as much as uh, it may seem late in the game to, to tell you what's on the ballot, I mean, there are still a ton of people who maybe have surprisingly not been very engaged in the election cycle that are are still out there needing some information. Or maybe they've been engaged in the presidential election, but not paid attention to some of the down ballot races, which always get overlooked, but probably have a more tangible impact on your day-to-day life and your own community are some of those lower level races. So uh, we just want to get into all that today and um, give people at least a primer um, or, or, re- or a reminder for some of you. And then also talk a little bit about some of the things we, you and I might be looking at um, as it unfolds tomorrow and possibly unfolds for the next several weeks. Right. So because of COVID, things are uh, a little bit different this year. Uh, Many more people mailed in their ballots. There were a lot more absentee ballots than normal. Uh, It it's not necessarily a good idea to still mail your ballot in, right? No, there's some discrepancy on. I would would be much stronger on that. It is nobody should be mailing in their ballot today on Monday. Why is that? It's not going to count, or at least it's very likely that it won't count, even if it's postmarked by the election. Correct. Don't. Okay, that's good to know. Don't trust it being postmarked by the election. If you still have your absentee ballot, don't drop it in the mail. Bring it to the polling place and drop it off in person on election day. Okay, 
So I know that mail-in ballots were a big thing, absentee voting a big thing. There was early voting as well. I know that there was early voting in some places in the county last week. Um, so if you if you haven't taken advantage of any of those and you're planning on going to the polls tomorrow, where is your polling place? That's a big question that uh, I had when I first voted up here because my polling place was not very close to me. Yeah, in your case, you are kind of in that one of those weird holes where you are in the town of Egg Harbor, which wraps around the village of Egg Harbor. So your polling place, you're... you're you're north of the village, but your polling place is all the way down in Carlsville. Um, so right. in this week's print edition, which was delivered to every mailbox in Door County, um, there's a little map in there with the address of the polling place for each community. As a general rule, you're going to be voting at the same place that they have town hall meetings, whatever you're like the Fish Creek Community Center, Town of Liberty Grove offices, things like that. Sturgeon Bay, there are actually three polling places. So I encourage you to check out that map. It's also available online. It's also available on every um, municipality's website um, to give you the exact location where to vote. You know, we, we are so incredibly lucky in Door County when you think back to the April election where we have 19 municipalities in Door County and they each have a polling place. And then Sturgeon Bay has multiple polling places. That's for a total population of about 27,000 people. And right. in April, the city of Milwaukee had five polling places for <laughs> something close to 500,000 people. So we don't have lines to speak of. It's super easy. You're going to go to the polling place. You're probably going to be helped by your friends or your friends' parents or grandparents and things like that. So you'd, you'd have to work really hard to to figure out an excuse not to vote here. Yeah, it's it's definitely a very easy process. I voted up here a couple of times since I've been up here. I registered to vote up here. Everything was very, very simple, straightforward. Uh, me and my wife go in to vote, and we almost never see another person there outside of the people who are working the polling place. Right. So uh, if if safety is a concern, you know, wear a mask, bring hand sanitizer. But in in my experience. Uh, it's been very easy to get in and get out. Now, that that may be a little bit different this year if we have, you know, a higher turnout of voters. But, Miles, you've been voting up here pr probably almost your whole life. Have you ever seen lines at the polls in Door County? If anything, it was one, maybe two people. Um, you know, voting in Chicago, and I, I was for kind of fortunate in my last couple of neighborhoods that I lived in in the city in that the polling places were very nearby, so it was pretty easy to walk around the corner. I lived next to a school that was a polling place, but even there, it was a little convoluted, longer lines, a lot of people, um, you, you're just never going to run into that here. And right. that also so, is, um, Door County still expects to get their results for all the races, at least locally, up online by 9.30, 10 p.m. So we should be able to have that up on the Pulse website at about the same time. Some are be looking for results to come in definitely by 10. It was, it's was it been a little later in some years just because maybe one municipality is still gathering some information. But things are pretty efficient in Door County. And because of the, the number of polling places and the relatively low number of people voting, even with all those absentee ballots, they start counting them when the polls open. So by the end of the day, they can usually get most of those counted unless there for some reason would be like a last second rush of a lot of people bringing them late at, at night right before the polls close. So we should have the Door County level results by by the end of the night Tuesday. Um, what that means for the state level results and the national results is a, a much different story. Right. So polls open tomorrow at 7 a.m. and they are open until 8 p.m. Uh what do you need to bring with you in order to vote? Uh, you're going to want to bring a, if you, you bring your photo, photo ID, 
if you haven't registered, you can still register, but you'll need a photo ID and a proof of residence. Um, and that should be it. You should be, if you're yeah. already registered, you're on the voting rolls, they'll just, you, it'll be a pretty simple process for you. Yep. Reg- uh, when I registered, when I first moved up here, it was very simple. Went in, registered, voted, was in and out in probably 15 minutes. A proof of residency can be something as simple as a piece of mail with your name and address on it. So uh, don't be intimidated at all if you need to register to vote tomorrow. It's a, it's a pretty easy process. So that's uh, that's where and how to vote. Let's talk about what people are going to be voting on. So on the ballot, there's a number of things. I really wanted to break these things down uh, even more so than I think you're expecting, Miles, just because I know it's going to be helpful to some people. So the 8th Congressional District is Amanda Stuck versus Mike Gallagher. And we had both of them on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. So if you you know still are undecided between the two or you just want to hear what they had to say about their platforms, I definitely recommend checking out those episodes. But before we talk about their campaigns, what is the 8th Congressional District? What are you actually voting on when you vote for Amanda or Mike? Well, that's our congressman who represents us in Washington. That that district extends down and includes Green Bay. Door County is a relatively small um, portion of this electorate. Um, it's generally what we would consider northeastern Wisconsin. Uh, it goes up the the other side of Green Bay, includes Green Bay, includes parts of the Fox Valley down to Appleton and Kewanee County. So that's your 8th congressional district, um, and that's our representative in Washington. Great. I found out today that there used to be 11 congressional districts in Wisconsin, but now there are only eight. So a little interesting fact for people. <laughs> did you know that off the top? I, of your head I did not know that. Well, there you go. A little bit of trivia. Uh, anything to say about uh, the 8th congressional district campaigns or anything people should know before we jump in or should we move on to the next piece of the ballot? I uh, just uh, Amanda Stuck is the challenger. She is a, a representative in the Wisconsin Assembly. <laughs> Mike Gallagher is the incumbent. He is the Republican who has been in offense since 2016. Um, those are kind of the basics. If you want to know more about their positions, like you said, there's the, a podcast episode with both individually with Amanda, one with Mike Gallagher. And then we also did an article that is, if you go to doorcountypulse.com and if you click on news, you'll find an easy, or even on the homepage, there's an easy link to all of our 2020 election coverage right at the top of the page. You can also find there's a little box in the middle of the page that has a, a kind of graphic that would link to it. And that's going to have the main articles that break down the candidates in each race, um, some of the basic voting information, the referendum information. You'll be able to find all of our coverage on those topics really easily. And that includes those two candidates in the 8th Congressional District. Great. Next up on the ballot is the 1st Assembly District, which is Joel Kitchens and Kim Delorit Jensen. Miles, what's the 1st Assembly District for people who might not know? Okay, so that includes all of Door County, part of Brown County, just a sliver, and then all of Kewanee County. Um, That district has generally been a Republican stronghold for most of my voting life. Uh, Joel Kitchens is seeking his fourth term in office there. Kim Delore Jensen is the challenger. She owns Mojo Restaurants and Enterprises. So that is uh, uh, Mojo Rosa's, Villaggio's, um, Pink Bakery, and the Village Cafe. And so she is, she announced her candidacy kind of spurred on by her frustration with our handling of the COVID situation. Um, she is a Democrat. Uh, Joel Kitchens is the Republican out of Sturgeon Bay. Uh, interestingly enough, we both candidates are from the northern door region of this. Um, I shouldn't say northern door. Sturgeon Bay North 
region of the, uh, but the, the, the northern region of the, the district. Right. And the state assembly is a, it's a, a Wisconsin assembly that works closely with the governor, correct? So this is a Wisconsin election. <laughs> I would not say works closely with the governor. <laughs> um, the assembly and the state senate are both controlled by the Republican Party and have been for the better part of the last decade. Um, the assembly is overwhelmingly Republican. I believe it's 66 Republican seats and 33 Democratic. I should know that off the top of my head, but I'm, I'm slipping. Um, but uh, it would be, just a, in a general rule, a recap of that race, it would be very surprising, shocking, if the Democrats were to take control of the Wisconsin Assembly. Most of the things I've looked at say that, um, you know, they're hopeful to pick up, a, the Democrats are hopeful to pick up a couple of seats. Republicans are kind of aiming to, to hold steady in that race. So if that's one thing I would watch on Tuesday, if there were like a, a big swing in that, that would that would indicate just a, a massive voter frustration. Um, I would I would classify if, if Kim were to win that Kim Jensen were to win that seat, um, that would qualify as a major upset. Uh, but there is, you know, talk of uh, what they call a blue wave, which would be a Democratic wave election. If Biden were to win Wisconsin by a large margin, it might trickle down and you might see a, a race like that 8th Congressional District or this 1st Assembly District become competitive. I don't. I haven't seen many indications that, that people are thinking that's going to be the case. The closest I've seen this 1st Assembly District, uh, Gary Byes had a couple of close races where he was running once against Dick Scary, and I think he won by just a couple of percentage points. In general, though, I think Joel Kitchen's been winning with 60% uh, or more of the vote. I would expect that to be closer this election just based on uh, people's frustrations with the state legislator right now, the state legislature right now. The uh, approval ratings are, are pretty low um, for the handling of the COVID crisis. So we'll see. It'll be right. very interesting to see either how close that race gets or if that race actually flips. Right. Uh, one last thing on the ballot before we jump into the referendums is uh, the Door County treasurer position is between Ryan Schley and Jan Arbter Anderson. Uh, and Jay Zahn is not running for reelection, correct? Yeah, Jay retired after many years in that position. Um, quite honestly, this is one of those uh, seats where I don't understand why it's an elected position. <laughs> um, kind of like sheriff or judges, it, it always strikes me as odd that those are elected and not appointed positions, but um, that is the only local race on, on this ballot. You don't have, um, and by local, I'm talking like municipal or county level. There are some other ones. This is the only contested local race, I should say. Um, the district attorney and the county clerk are not contested in this, uh, this election cycle, and there are no like municipal boards um, or village boards or city council seats available on this election cycle. Right. So with that, let's jump into the referendums. There are a number of referendums up in the ballot this year. Uh, first up, Southern Door is asking for 975000 for each of the next three years for operational expenses. Sevastopol School is looking for $2 million per year for the next four years for operational expenses. And there is a question about fair maps. Let's talk about these school referendums first before we jump into the fair maps question. Uh, school referendums are pretty common. And I, I think pretty overwhelmingly Door County votes in support of school referendums most years. Um, the the $2 million thing at Sevastopol seems 
kind of shocking, but but this is, you know, considering uh, them coming off of a referendum a couple of years ago to to expand the school and to kind of to rebuild certain section of, sections of it. Is this $2 million price point a, a sticking point or does this seem pretty par for the course? I say that's pretty par for the course, given the way that Wisconsin funds its public schools now. All five Door County school districts have been going to referendum to fund operational expenses for several years, largely due to the fact that if the way Wisconsin system works, and I'll try to do this at a high level, not get lost in the weeds way, but in general, if your enrollment is declining, you start to, you get less state aid and you have, you start to run into this gap in your funding source. So you might lose five or 10 students a year. That's not enough to start drastically cutting expenses um, or cutting teachers. You start to lose, you know, you, you may be losing those students, but you still have the same area of kids in a rural district that you still have the same transportation costs, the same building costs, the same heating costs, health insurance costs, all those things go up. And then, but you lose students. So that means you get a lower, you can, you can't tax the same rate. So these schools have been going to referendum for many years. Gibraltar started in the late nineties. Um, some of these other schools like Southern Door and Sevastopol are a little more recent. Like you said, these generally pass with pretty significant support. Um, I would say almost surprisingly so. I think the last time around when we had a bunch of referendums, they passed with 60% or more um, approval. Southern Door has turned one down, um, I think, four years ago. So we'll see that one. I, I guess I could see getting a little closer. Um, they did, however, overwhelmingly support a capital um, expenses referendum at Southern Door just a couple of years ago to improve the facilities. So those are different than operational referendums. Um, like Sebastopol went to a different kind of referendum to fund the $25 million improvement and expansion of that building. Um, but that does not cover operational ex expenses. That's just kind of hard costs of construction. Right. Uh, and finally, one other referendum on the ballot this year is about fair maps. So the question is, should the Wisconsin legislature create a nonpartisan procedure for the preparation of legislative and congressional district plans and maps? So we have talked about fair maps on the podcast a couple of times. We had Matt Rothschild on the podcast to talk about it. Can you give us a very quick rundown of what fair maps are and, and a, a little overview of gerrymandering and why this referendum is important? Sure. In, in brief, um, when you're talking about fair maps, when you see those signs on the side of the road, when you're talking about gerrymandering, what people are talking about is the way that we draw our assembly and congressional maps um, in this case, for the state of Wisconsin. So generally how it's always been done is every 10 years, you redraw your the maps of your assembly and Senate districts. And the party in power kind of controls that process. So of course, it becomes a political football. Democrats in power, they try to draw maps that make it easier for Democrats to get elected. Republicans in power, they try to draw maps that make it easier for Republicans to get elected. Um, some of the court rulings have shown that... Uh, Republicans probably went a bit too far in 2010 when they redrew these maps, to say the least. Um, it is supposed to be a bit of a collaborative process. It has not been, and it gets more partisan with each cycle. Um, it'd be hard-pressed to think that a voter would think it's that that is the best way. Um, both Joel Kitchens and Kim Jensen have said they are in favor of creating a nonpartisan commission for this, largely based on the Iowa model. Um Iowa has a nonpartisan commission, and it, you can only be so much nonpartisan. I mean, everyone's got their 
their biases. But um, there are plenty of examples of places where um, and commissions like this that that operate in a generally nonpartisan way. Um, that's the that's the goal for doing this in Wisconsin. I, I think it would probably have a pretty significant impact on on how maps are drawn. We did have Math Rothschild from the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign on the podcast last year who went into much greater detail on this and why the drawing of the maps impacts how how we're governed and how fair it is and how fair the allocation of resources are across the state. So if you want a little more deep dive, you can listen to that podcast. We also have a couple of different articles. Deb Fitzgerald wrote a really good piece just uh, about two months ago for The Pulse, and that is linked on our, our page of election information, just about how that impacts um, the way we're governed in Wisconsin. Right. So that is just a, a, a brief sample of some of the big things that are on the ballot coming up tomorrow. Is there anything else people need to know before they head to the polls? I think that covers most of it. There are also some options. If you are looking for a ride to the polls, um, the ADR, ADRC Transportation Service has uh, put together a um, a service where you can call them and, and get picked up and they will make sure anybody who wants to vote at least transportation isn't the gap there. So you can still contact the um, ADRC to get a, a ride to your polling place. Great. So that's the local election. I just want to spend a couple minutes on the presidential election as well uh, as it pertains to the local community. Uh, so I think one thing to say, number one, is uh, we talked about signs. We had a, a wonderful two-part podcast extravaganza where we talked about signs in Door County for two weeks. Uh, and if you haven't listened to that, Pretty interesting read. Uh, We talked about billboards. We talked about political signs. Speaking of political signs, when we had recorded that that sign podcast, the Democratic Party in Door County had just started to get Joe Biden signs in around that time. Uh, Miles, as you drive around the county now, what are you observing in terms of the ratio of Trump signs and Biden signs? Well, driving around, it does seem like there is – I wouldn't. I, I guess that there's probably more Trump signs out there. There's definitely more um, tr- Republican Party um, four by eight kind of the the billboard, <laughs> the the small billboard signs right. for Mike Gallagher, Joel Kitchens, and uh, uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but I would say there has been a that the Democratic Party has done a lot of catch up. There are a lot of the smaller signs out in the yards, and then some of the um, somewhat larger signs for. Joe Biden and Amanda Stuck and Kim Jensen, but definitely not on the level of some of the other um, candidates on the Republican side. You're also seeing a lot more of, uh, you know, yards filled with 10 to 15 different signs, mostly for the Trump campaign. Um, it's interesting, too, because when you look at the the Wisconsin regulations and we or Door County regulations for signage, we we did talk about this in that previous podcast of like you were supposed to there there. They're regulated as uh, special event signage. So you are only supposed to be able to put up one sign per race. So you could put up one Joe Biden sign, one Mike Gallagher sign, and one Joel Kitchen sign. But you couldn't have like a Joel Kitchen's billboard and then three more Joel Kitchen signs. So a lot of that technically is not allowed, but they're not going to go around and try and police that because I can't imagine trying to police that up here. Right. And and you said it's per race. So even if you have, you know, 15 different signs for one candidate, you can only have one sign per candidate, correct? So that, or, or per race. Could you, could you have a Trump and a Biden sign back to back on your property? You are not supposed to be able to do that because that would be 
two okay. signs for the same race. It would also be the most interesting voter I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to get one of each sign and put them in my yard and just it'll be a display for democracy as a whole. Like, who do you want to vote for? I just want to vote. That's that's what I'm promoting. Um, I think the most important thing that we can say about political signs at this point is that uh, by next week, they need to be off your property, correct? Yeah, again, if we're following the Door County signage rules, as a special, special event sign, those should come down within seven days of the event. So the seven days after the election, those signs are supposed to come down. And in my perfect world, I hope to see them all gone either side i'm just sick of looking at them and i'm sick of being reminded about it um so i would i would love a, a door county where we weren't littered with signage for politics for right. a while right because there is there is a window where you can have them up right what what's the window before the election where signs can go up again like if you if you're going by regulations i think it's supposed to be 45 <laughs> days but clearly like there's just just no way to to police that maybe by next election cycle we can actually create a, a signage police force to go around and, and <laughs> put put the kibosh on some of this. Well, I was going to say 45 days. It seems like the political signs have been up for as long as I can remember at this point. So <laughs> maybe this has been the longest 45 days in my life. Right. But um, anything else about the national election? Uh, any in terms of predictions for how Door County might lean or how Wisconsin might lean? Anything that's important to, to talk about before we wrap up? Well, the polling right now has... In the presidential race, race, it has Biden comfortably ahead. Um, in 2016, it also had Hillary Clinton ahead of Donald Trump, but a, with a much smaller margin. Um, you try to, like, I think what I've seen a lot of prognosticators try to do is read into where the candidates are going. And it looks like they're both spending a lot of time in Pennsylvania. So that might indicate that either one of them are are really trying, like that's that's closer maybe than what their polling is set, telling them about Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, you've seen Biden kind of campaigning in Georgia and Texas and some states that maybe traditionally a, a Democrat might not. You've seen Trump go around to try to shore up his support in in Wisconsin, uh, Michigan. He's going up to Traverse City today, um, North Carolina. So we'll see. It's going to be very interesting for me to see, like, does the map change dramatically? Like, it's one thing for if Wisconsin were to flip from red to blue. But what would really be interesting to see is if you see... Does Trump hold on to some of these Midwestern states and start to show that and, and start to keep them in the red column? Or does Biden go and and actually flip Texas, which I still would consider a long shot, but some people think that's going to happen or a Georgia or an Arizona or something like that. That would probably tell us more about the kind of the long term demographic shifts in the country. But for Door County specifically, um, it, it'll be interesting to see how how it goes here as well. The, the county went for Donald Trump in 2016 by about 400 votes. Um, I think about 8,500 votes to 8,100 votes. And if you're wondering how that breaks down, um, it's pretty intuitive of what you would think you'd see. Southern Door County is strongly Republican. Um, in 2016, it went, you know, most of those municipalities went about 60% or more for Donald Trump. Um, the city of Sturgeon Bay, uh, vote went for Hillary Clinton by a, a few percentage points. And then that middle part of the county between Surgeon Bay and and what I would say most people would call Northern Door, which is kind of like a Carver North, that also went for Donald Trump by a small margin. But then all of Northern Door was a Hillary Clinton stronghold. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if that shakes out a little differently. Washington Island, however, did go for Donald Trump. 
um, pretty substantially. So I'm, I'm just interested to see if how, how door kind of holds on. It's actually like a percentage point. So some people, depending on the year, you see these political prognosticators fall in, and especially the last few election cycles, they come to Wisconsin and they try to read into so much of this. And they're like, this traditionally Republican stronghold, or if it was eight years ago, they were saying this Democratic stronghold. And it really is a, you know, Door County is very close. All the, so many of these districts, like when, in, for the most part, when they're red, they're, it's not like they are 90% red. Because like, you look at it in a map and you can just think like, oh, that's all Republicans or that's all Democrats. But um, even in some of these urban areas where it's, they're considered like Democratic strongholds, you know, it's 55%, you know, so four and a half out of every 10 people is not a Democrat. So we get caught up in like what, what color palette we want to put on a map versus the diversity of the opinions that are actually within those regions. Right. Well, Miles, there we have it. Everything that you would need to know about the election tomorrow in just about 30 minutes. Uh, I, I have nothing else to add. If you're good, then Miles, I will see you tomorrow at the polls figuratively because we will be at separate polls at separate times <laughs> yeah because we'd be breaking some laws if we were voting at the, each other's polling stations right all right well miles thank you so much for all of the info uh looking forward to tomorrow's election and i'm sure you and i will talk about it more uh later this week for the podcast going over some of the results uh like you said you can find the results hopefully tomorrow evening after the polls close uh but definitely by wednesday morning we should have all of the results that are available for everybody online on the pulse uh will election results be printed in this week's issue Yes, I'm assuming we'll at least be able to print the Door County results. Uh, I would assume we could have some of the state level results. I I don't know what we're going to be able to print from the uh, presidential results. Right. Well, then we will we will be back with uh, the results later this week. Thank you all for listening to the Door County Pulse, Miles. I will talk to you again next week or sooner. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.